Welcome to our Wednesday devotional on our journey through some of the highlights of Mark's Gospel. Today we consider chapter 8, verses 27 to 30. You may remember that in the first podcast, I said that the central question being addressed by Mark is, who is Jesus? And Mark has shown us who Jesus is by putting on display his mighty deeds, including bringing back a girl from the dead, healing the sick, casting out demons, defying the laws of physics, forgiving sin. All point to who Jesus is. And if people think about it, he must be God, for only God can do these things. But at some point it must be spelled out clearly, and this is what happens in this passage. The disciples had begun to ask about Jesus' identity after the stilling of the storm on the lake. It is clear up to this point that they have been spiritually blind to the truth, but it all comes to a head as Jesus asks them the big question about his identity. In fact, there are two stages to the questioning. In verse 27, who do people say that I am? And in verse 29, but who do you say that I am? So the answer to the first question is given in verse 28. People say that Jesus is John the Baptist. Others say Elijah and others one of the prophets. Clearly, many people recognize that Jesus is a messenger from God. He's sent by God. No one could speak like him unless God had sent him. People sensed that Jesus spoke with a direct authority from God and they would listen. It is one thing for the disciples to record their opinions of others, but what is their conviction? And Peter's answer, representing the conviction of the twelve, is in verse 29. You are the Christ. The title Christ is from a Greek word that literally means anointed one. It is the equivalent to the Old Testament word Messiah. In the Old Testament, anointing was a symbol of being set apart to God for a special task. And when Peter makes this statement, you are the Christ, he is saying that Jesus is not just another prophet, but the promised divine anointed one, the Messiah. We must not dilute the full force of these words. They come from the lips of an Orthodox Jew. He would have taken in a fair amount of the teaching of the rabbis who had very set ideas about the Messiah. And we know that they didn't recognize Jesus as the Messiah. So Peter was not programmed by birth or environment to say, you are the Christ. As J.C. Ryle says, this was a noble answer when the circumstances under which it was made are duly considered. It was made when Jesus was poor in condition, without honor, majesty, wealth or power. It was made when the heads of the Jewish nation, both in church and state, refused to receive Jesus as the Messiah. Yet even then, Simon Peter says, you are the Christ. 
His strong faith was not stumbled by our Lord's poverty and low estate. His confidence was not shaken by the opposition of scribes and Pharisees and the contempt of rulers and priests. As always, Ryle hits the nail on the head. I would suggest that Peter stands as a challenge to us. He's willing to fly in the face of popular opinion. He is prepared to express a conviction that is contrary to the popular masses. And so whatever the world might say about Jesus, whatever the popular opinion, we must make our stand and proclaim him. So what brought Peter to the point when the disciples had been so spiritually blind? It was a miracle. It was God the Father revealing by the work of God the Holy Spirit to the hearts and minds who Jesus is. As Jesus says to Peter in Matthew's account of this confession, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Matthew chapter 16 verse 17. And this is the miracle that takes place whenever a person becomes a Christian embraces Jesus Christ, trusts him as saviour and follows him. It is God the Father's will that God the Holy Spirit bring that person to a conviction through what they've heard of Jesus when he's preached and proclaimed. Join me on Friday.